Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 255. Today is we hear from Bildad once again, one of Job's friends, and Job's reply to him. And then from Revelation 17, we see a common theme that goes throughout, and that is the need for God's wisdom. Because dealing with suffering and hardship and wondering why we go through what we go through is difficult. It requires wisdom, and a wisdom that doesn't really belong to us, that doesn't come from within us, but comes from God himself. And so as we read from Job 25 to 28 in Revelation 17, uh, this is our opportunity to hear from God and to learn from his wisdom, because wisdom ultimately comes from God alone. So let's begin and pick it up in Job chapter 25. Then Bildad the Shuhite answered, Dominion and awesome might belong to God. He establishes peace in his heights. Can his armies be numbered? On whom does his light not rise? How then can a human being be righteous before God? How can one born of a woman be pure? If even the moon is not bright and the stars are not pure as far as he is concerned, how much less a mortal man who is but a maggot, a son of man who is only a worm? Then Job replied, How you have helped the powerless! How you have saved the person who has no strength. How you have advised the one without wisdom and abundantly revealed your insight. To whom do you utter these words and whose spirit has come forth from your mouth? The dead tremble, those beneath the waters and all that live in them. The underworld is naked before God. The place of destruction lies uncovered. He spreads out the northern skies over our empty space. He suspends the earth on nothing. He locks the waters in his clouds, and the clouds do not burst with the weight of them. He conceals the face of the full moon, shrouding it with his clouds. He marks out the horizon on the surface of the waters as a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of the heavens tremble and are amazed at his rebuke. By his power he stills the sea. By his wisdom he cut Rahab the great sea monster to pieces. By his breath the skies become fair, his hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Indeed, these are but the outer fringes of his ways. How faint is the whisper we hear of him! But who can understand the thunder of his power? And Job took up his discourse again, saying, As surely as God lives, who has denied me justice, the Almighty who has made my life bitter, for while my spirit is still in me, and the breath from my God is in my nostrils. My lips will not speak wickedness, and my tongue will whisper no deceit. I will never declare that you three are in the right. Until I die, I will not set aside my integrity. I will maintain my righteousness and never let it go. My conscience will not reproach me for as long as I live. May my enemy be like the wicked, my adversary like the unrighteous. For what hope does the godless have when he is cut off, when God takes away his life? Does God listen to his cry when he distresses and when his distresses overtake him? Will he find delight in the Almighty? Will he call out to God at all times? I will teach you about the power of God. What is on the Almighty's mind I will not conceal. If you yourselves have all seen this, why in the world do you continue this meaningless talk? 
This is the portion of the wicked man allotted by God, the inheritance that evildoers receive from the Almighty. If his children increase, it is for the sword. His offspring never have enough to eat. Those who survive him are buried by the plague, and their widows do not mourn for them. If he piles up silver like dust and stores up clothing like mounds of clay, what he stores up a righteous man will wear, and an innocent man will inherit his silver. The house he builds is as fragile as a moth's cocoon, like a hut that a watchman has made. He goes to bed wealthy, but will do so no more. When he opens his eyes, it is all gone. Terrors overwhelm him like a flood. At night, a whirlwind carries him off. The east wind carries him away, and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place. It hurls itself against him without pity, as he flees headlong from its power. It claps its hands at him in derision and hisses him away from his place. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the ground and rock is poured out as copper. Man puts an end to the darkness. He searches the farthest recesses for the ore in the deepest darkness. Far from where people live, he sinks a shaft. In places travelers have long forgotten, far away from other people, he dangles and sways. The earth from which food comes is overturned below as though through fire. A place whose stones are sapphires that contain dust of gold. A hidden path no bird of prey knows. No falcon's eye has spotted it. Proud beasts have not set foot on it, and no lion has passed along it. On the flinty rock man has set to work with his hand. He has overturned mountains at their bases. He has cut out channels through the rocks. His eyes have spotted every precious thing. He has searched the sources of the rivers, and what was hidden he has brought into light. But wisdom? Where can it be found? Where is the place of understanding? Mankind does not know its place. It cannot be found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not in me. The sea says, it is not with me. Fine gold cannot be given in exchange for it, nor can its place price be weighed out in silver. It cannot be measured out, of per, uh, out for purchase with the gold of Ophir, with precious onyx or sapphires. Neither gold nor crystal can be compared with it, nor can a vase of gold match its worth. Of coral and jasper, no mention will be made. The price of wisdom is more than pearls. The topaz of Cush cannot be compared with it. It cannot be purchased with pure gold. But wisdom, where does it come from? Where is the place of understanding? For it has been hidden from the eyes of every living creature, and from the birds of the sky it has been concealed. Destruction and death say, With our ears we have heard a rumor about it where it can be found. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and observes everything under the heavens. When he made the force of the wind and measured the waters with a gauge, when he imposed a limit for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and assessed its value. He established it and examined it closely. And he said to mankind, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. And we'll leave the discussion there and hear from Job again next uh, episode. But I think it's such an important thing that Job is reminding us here that while he is claiming that he is innocent, he is still at the same time saying that God is God, he is wiser than Job, And Job, even though he struggles, is admitting that true wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord and turning away from evil and turning to the God, the only God, who has the ability 
to make sense of things, even though Job can't. And I think this is an important thing to realize as we turn to Revelation uh, chapter 17, because here we begin to see in these chapters again, a God's judgment coming upon people who reject him, who turn from him, who won't listen to him, who think that they know best, that they are able to figure out life themselves and live a life uh, really and basically of ignoring or even completely disregarding God and saying, I know my way and my way is best. And God is warning the people through the book of Revelation that one day those who reject him this way and continue to seek out life apart from him will be people who experience his judgment and experience his coming wrath. So Revelation chapter 17. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and spoke to me saying, Come, he said, I will show you the condemnation and punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed sexual immorality and the earth's inhabitants got drunk with the wine of her immorality. So he carried me away in the spirit to a wilderness. And there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Now the woman was dressed in purple and scarlet clothing and adorned with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held in her hand a golden cup filled with detestable things and unclean things from her sexual immorality. On her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the detestable things of the earth. I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of those who testified to Jesus. I was greatly astounded when I saw her. But the angel said to me, Why are you astounded? I will interpret for you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with the seven heads and the ten horns that carries her. The beast you saw was and is not, but is about to come up from the abyss and then go to destruction. The inhabitants of the earth, all those whose names have not been written in the book of life since the foundation of the world, will be astounded when they see the beast that was and is not, but is to come. This requires a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains the woman, the woman sits on. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. But whenever he does come, he must remain for only a brief time. The beast that was and is not is himself an eighth king, and yet is one of the seven, and is going to destruction. The ten horns that you saw are ten kings, who have not yet received a kingdom, but will receive ruling authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These kings have a single intent, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war with the lamb, but the lamb will conquer them, because he is the Lord of lords and king of kings, and those accompanying the lamb are called chosen and faithful. Then the angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The ten horns that you saw and the beast, these will hate the prostitute and make her desolate and naked. They will consume her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God is put into their minds to carry out his purpose by making a decision to give their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. As for the woman you saw, she is the great city that has sovereignty over the kings of the earth. 
We'll pick it up again uh, in chapter 18 in our next episode. But again, I hope as you notice that God's destruction and his coming judgment is very clear here over and over again. Even though the beast and the woman and the representative kings of the earth who are living out this kind of destructive, uh, anti-God kind of life, that all of them will be destroyed even though they wield seemingly great world and human power. And this is setting us up as we continue to the book of Revelation for uh, the coming of the Lamb of God, Jesus himself, who will, in a moment, really, without much effort, it seems, at all, bring all of these people to judgment, all of these authorities under his, and show that he is the true wisdom of God, the one who has the answers that we desperately need, and the answers, even though we don't understand, are answers of his justice, his power, his authority, but also for those whose names are written in the book of life, his mercy and his grace. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there. You were always there. Whispering the truth.